Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. Man, what a time to be alive. What a time it is to be a Washington Commanders fan. Welcome back to the Burgundy and Gold today. Lanelle Willingham riding with you till 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show. And I thought I thought the song our producer Eminem chose today, man, that's, that's good stuff. Because what a time it is to be alive. Great time to be alive. Like you said at the start of the show, we've never seen this since we've been alive. Man. We're humming. Man, look, I... I need to pump the brakes here, clearly. I've had fans calling already and run down my neck and jump down my throat because I'm too optimistic about this group where I've done a 180. Anybody who thought this team was going to scratch and claw their way back from the dead at 1-4 to reach this 7-5 point, you're all liars. So don't tell me that. Sam Fortier joining us right now on the Team 980 Guest Hotline. Give him a follow on Twitter at Sam Fortier. What's going on, buddy? Fourteen I'm doing hours. Well, man. How are you? I'm uh I'm drinking the Kool Aid, Sam. I, I don't know, man. I've I've tried to put it into words here in the first hour plus of this show how I'm truly feeling right now. But tell me why I should pump the brakes on this group. I'm feeling like defense playing at a championship level. You figured out your offensive identity. Quarterback though still worries me. What do you think about the way Taylor Heineke's played? during this six out of seven stretch? Well, I guess my question for you first is, like, like what, what is the expectation? Like, before I put the brakes on it, because I, I think that there are modest to high expectations for the team, but if you're talking like, hey, we're about to go to the Super Bowl, then I, then I got to come through for you. <laughs> well, look, I, I'm just of the belief that, look, all you got to do is, this is going to sound so cliche, all you got to do is get into the big dance, right? And anything can happen, but obviously we know the big – Hindrance right now of this football team is the quarterback position. Sure. I mean, so, so I, I think, like, reasonable expectations right now, getting into the dance, that, that is totally on the table. Uh, I, would say, I would say possible, if not probable, um, considering the way the schedule plays out and the way they're playing right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you said it, right? Like, quarterback is, is definitely something that is, uh, you know, puts a cap on what that offense is capable of. And, you know, there are a couple throws, I think, that, that – the, the interception that got overturned, that Heineke threw late to McLaurin down the left sideline. Uh, you had the seam to Bates uh, right before halftime that I thought he was late on. Um, so, I mean, that, and, and obviously that ends up being an incompletion. So, there's just – I mean, but, but we, that's the Taylor Heineke we know. And yeah. obviously, like, whatever X factor he is bringing is, is worth it. So, I, so, you can't make a move right now. So, um, I mean, I, I still think that the expectations, if Taylor Heineke remains the quarterback for the rest of the year, is still in to get in the playoffs and – 
and you know, I, I think you hang tough in at least one playoff game, and if you win it, you're probably the next weekend. But I don't see much beyond that right now. Right. Now, let, let, let's stick on the quarterback position here, Sam, because I, I love that we got you on. You're an expert. You're around the team on a day-to-day basis. You were around the team on a day-to-day basis when Carson Wentz was the guy as well. Are we are we are we one bad Heineke performance away, or are we a loss away from seeing Carson Wentz? I don't think that we're a bad Heineke performance away because I don't think he's played particularly well in the last two games. If they lose, I, I still would would hesitate to say they'd make a switch um, just because of how how well this team is is playing right now collectively. They're playing complementary football, which right. which they did not do earlier in the year, and Carson Wentz was, was certainly a part of that. So. Um, I mean, I think I think that this is uh, it's not scientific for you, but it's a totally vibes-based like it's evaluation so- <laughs> system, right? Like Ron, when Ron Rivera goes in the locker room, he's like, "All right, like, are my guys fighting for this guy? Is is this the guy to stick with with Heineke?" And as long as the vibes are good, I, I don't think you can go away from him. Our friend Eric Bickle of the Sports Junkies over on our sister station, one hundred six seven, the Fan, just had a complete conniption this morning, Sam. Because he's of the belief that, like, what do you mean that the guys are playing harder for Taylor Heineke? What do you when, – when you say that, like, how – it's another thing that, like you said, it's no science to it, but it's hard to measure the effort level with Heineke in there. I, I just don't know, Sam. I, it's not a strict, straightforward question to you, but I'm just, like, almost waiting for the ride to end. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of EB's tweets this morning, and, and I got to say, man, like, it's not as if – these guys are, are saying like, hey, we're, we're going to try 70% for, for Carson Wentz. So I get what he's saying, but I just think that when you have proven that this will work, when you have Brian Robinson running into eight-man boxes and still picking up third and one, still picking up third and twos, like there's just a, there's just a natural confidence that comes with that. So, right. so it's not – it's maybe and, – and Taylor certainly is a motivator who certainly you know, gets people fired up. In, in a way that I don't think we saw from Carson Wentz either this year or last year in Indianapolis, but um, but there's, there is he has the X factor, and and while he doesn't have the other things, the X factor is proving enough right now. So I, I get Eb's point. Carson Wentz is certainly more physically talented, certainly would put a higher ceiling on this offense, but I think with him, with some of those sacks, the, the floor is lower. So right now, even though Taylor makes some some boneheaded decisions. And Ron Rivera has to take antacids when watching him. <laughs> it, it, it's giving you dubs. It, it is. I mean, it's it's a true it's a true vibe check, and I love the way that you put it. But when you look at the numbers, when when talking about weeks one through five and six through twelve, your colleague at the post, Nikki Javala, put together this great graphic. I'm sure you had something to do with this as well. I mean, these numbers are staggering, Sam. Like. It's not even close. You had the third most passing attempts in the NFL per game, weeks one through five. That's dropped to 26th. The The pressure rate is still the same. I mean, you're, you're, you're in third and long, you know, a lot, a lot more. I mean, it just seems like from a number standpoint, Scott Turner in this offense, they've completely switched the game plan with Taylor Heineke under center. Do we not believe that Carson Wentz is capable of playing the style of ball that Heineke's playing right now? I think he is, but I, th- I think there's some real context that, like, just looking at, at the numbers missing. And I, and I love those numbers, and I do think they tell a good story. They tell an insightful story. But Carson Wentz, if you remember, like, those def- the, the defense was certainly letting him down. Car- you know, they were facing double-digit deficits. Uh, particularly in the second half, they had to throw a ton. Yeah. And Carson Wentz, when you talk about a guy that holds the ball pretty long anyway, coming to a new offensive system he was having to learn, 
plus he had, you know, the offensive line was not as cohesive and confident uh, as they are right now. I think, I honestly think that Carson Wentz, like the first weeks of the year, are always going to be line not rolling and, you know, Scott Turner, I think, having found a rhythm because the defense forced him to pass so much. I really think Carson Wentz was put in a, in a really tough position. That's not excusing some of his poor play. You right. know, he, he obviously made some bad decisions. He took some bad sacks. Uh, but I do think that that was not a, a good situation for him. And Scott Turner figuring out, hey, I just need to go back to what we did last year with the four-game win streak. But Taylor, you know, we got to take the ball uh, and run it as much as we can, establish <laughs> the run, and, and kind of rely on it like – it works. It's working so far. Talking to Commander's beat writer for the Washington Post, Sam Fortier. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Sam4TR. Let's get to the real reason, Sam, as to why this team's won six out of seven. Defensively, you kind of hit on it. They're playing out of their mind right now. I, I went as far as to say, and clearly this is just the radio host in me, I think they're playing at a championship level right now defensively. It, it feels almost as if there's no hole right now on this commander's defense. They finally got the secondary figured out. I want to ask you about one specific player, though, who I think was one of the unsung heroes of Sunday's win. Christian Holmes. The amount of defensive snaps that he had to play without having really any prior experience, I mean, it speaks to the guy, and and obviously he's been a war daddy on special teams, but how impressed were you with his ability to come in and really go unnoticed in in the, what did he play, 56 out of the 58 snaps? Yeah, no, I mean, certainly he was matched up on Drake London. I mean, he did a lot of the things um, that I think you would have expected Benjamin St. Juice to do. Obviously, he was, uh, you know, he, he stepped in and played his role. To me, you know, I think the keys to the defense, and they're all interdependent, right? Like, right. you can't have rush without coverage. But I think really the thing that stepped out to me and that they didn't do as well on Sunday, but that they have done really well, is, is their ability to stop the run. Um, you know, their front four, the way they can penetrate – Jonathan Allen, you know, right. is, is uh, I think, tied for first in the league with tackles for loss um, with 16, excluding sacks. But, I mean, uh, the emergence of Jamin Davis, the ability to give him the green dot, the, the three safety set, the four safety set they've used uh, at times this year, uh, you know, it's just, it's just inherently different than last year because with Landon Collins, you couldn't have him playing center field, whereas any of the three safeties you have in the field now, you can. So I think those are all integral parts uh, of of a defensive resurgence. Definitely. And I just feel like, man, do, do you think it has anything to do with the level of competition that they've been playing? Because that's another argument that's been made by some of the callers and some of the folks here in this fan base. Well, oh, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, with the Houston Texans. Do you feel as if this team is able to compete? I know we saw them do it against Philly and against Minnesota. Minnesota, obviously, they lose. Do you think they can compete with the heavyweights in the NFC? Because you're going to have to find out here soon. You got – Dallas coming up. You got San Francisco coming up. Do you expect them to be able to go toe to toe with those groups? I do, and I think that the reason I say that, and, and I will say the the, competi- the level of competition argument, which obviously we saw at the end of 2020, is a little bit different this year because yeah. if you dig into the numbers, um, you know, if you look at the expected points added, which obviously it just gives yards context. I know people like to, you know, treat analytics like it's a big scary thing, but EPA <laughs> is just like yards with context. And right. If you look at the EPA, and you look at every team, Washington has consistently forced teams 
to play, you know, of all the games they've played this year, one of their worst performances. Yes, it was the Houston Texans, but they forced them to have their worst offensive performance of the year. Right. Yes, it's the Philadelphia Eagles, but they had their seventh and eighth worst performances, their two worst performances of the year against Washington. So I don't think it's a coincidence that almost every offense they play, whether they're talented or not, is playing one of their worst games of the year against Washington. Yeah, another big revelation for me from Sunday was the performance of Brian Robinson. 18 carries, 105 yards, his first 100-yard performance uh, as a pro. We got to see him back in training camp. We were all enamored by him. Are you surprised, though, at the level of success he's been able to have here over the past few weeks? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, was talking to John, I was talking to Jonathan Williams, um, who got a, cute, a few carries the other day. Another un- he unsung our- hero, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And he said, you know, I went to Arkansas. I'm an SEC guy. I pride myself on my ability to run physical, run downhill between the tackles. But I got to say, like, I was pretty <laughs> impressed by Brian Robinson the other day. I mean, that one carry where he got out of the backfield, hit a safety, and kind of got knocked back, then powered through for the first down. I mean, that's, that's special physicality, yeah. special toughness in the run game. I think that, you know, and game recognizes game right there. Definitely. Something else that, that I've noticed here, and I, I believe I heard John Kime say it on his podcast, they're finding different ways to attack the edges of defenses right now. Uh, big picture, just speak to what you've seen from offensive coordinator Scott Turner during this stretch. Because I know a lot of people get upset with him, and it's easy to second-guess the play caller. But it really feels like here in the last month, he's found a rhythm and a confidence uh, that we haven't seen from him before. I think rhythm is part of it. I, I thought that fourth and one conversion that they, they ran out of the pistol when he put left tackle Charles Leno on the right side. Yeah. Um, so it was right tackle Cornelius Lucas and Charles right there together. I, I think they're seeing some creative, some jumbo packages, some different looks uh, over the last few weeks. Multiple tight end sets have, is how they've been attacking the edges. You've seen him use 12 and 13 personnel you know, at, at among the highest rates uh, of, of Scott Turner's tenure since 2020. So I think he's just figuring out, hey, my personnel packages. Early in the year, you want to play 11 a lot, right? Like you have three incredibly talented receivers. You want to get them on the field, get them the ball as much as possible. So even though you're sacrificing some some Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson snaps, what the offense calls for right now is more Logan Thomas, more Cole Turner, more John Bates, and that's what he's given you. Yeah, you brought up this tight end room. I mean, I have (laughs) – I'm just super impressed, man. And it just goes to show, like – they're pretty good at picking talent, man. I know they haven't been able to pick quarterback, you know, worth a damn in their three years here. But to see what they've got in the tight end room right now with John Bates and Cole Turner, Logan Thomas uh, getting back to himself. I mean, are you surprised at their willingness to block? Because we saw during training camp, Cole Turner clearly a special weapon in the red zone. Haven't been able to use him there yet. We knew John Bates was a badass trying to block people. But their effort, man, speak, speak to that. And, and how much does Juan Castillo have to do with that? Yeah, I think Pete Hayner, who preceded him and retired this offseason, um, you know, Juan Castillo coming in, it's really been no drop-off. And uh, I, I think the inconsistent health of these tight ends has been, has been pretty challenging. Um, you know, Armani Rogers was a breakout guy before he hit IR right. um, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, they, they've, they've certainly figured out how to, uh, how to maximize this room. And I would say another aspect of the blocking has got to be the receivers. I yeah. mean, Deami Brown, who, who just wants to run, you know, go routes, um, <laughs> I say that jokingly, but – he said the other day, um, you know, I asked him about that, that sweep on, on third, uh, the stretch run left on third and one where I think, you know, Brian Robinson got 20-something yards. I was like, hey, man, you threw a pretty, a pretty good down, downfield block right there. And he was like, yeah, man, uh, it, 
I really wish Brian would have scored. He should he should have been faster. I got to take him to tr- uh, speed training in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one on that one, man. Oh, man, on that play, yeah, he probably should have scored. Curtis did a hell of a job throwing the block, but if Curtis holds his block on that, that probably is a Brian Robinson touchdown. It, it just speaks to, though, like they, they've got this identity and, and it's newfound and they're physical and they're nasty. Moving forward, though, looking ahead, they got the New York Giants coming up this week. I said it going into last week. They hadn't seen a rushing attack like the Atlanta Falcons, a team that's hell-bent on sticking with it no matter what the scenario and situation is. How do you expect this defense to fare against Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, who's given them hell over the past few years? Yeah, I mean, if if New York runs read option at the same rate that Atlanta did and Daniel Jones can get up out the pocket, I mean, he, he'll hurt you more than Mariota can for sure, yeah. as, as Washington's seen over the years. So you definitely got to attack that mesh point, I think, in the same way that they did with Philly and Jalen Hurts when they tried to run those RPOs. Like, I think you got to force – even though Daniel Jones has given it to Saquon Barkley, I think you've seen enough from your run defense to say, hey, you know, it, it's better to have the ball um, with that guy going up the middle right. than it is having Daniel Jones out on the edge. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the biggest probably bonus for Washington is that – uh, New York is really, really beat up at wide receiver. I think they're down, you know, five of their top six pass catchers coming into the year, something like that. Um, and and so uh, I think I think you got to feel good with with the way you're trending up and New York is trending down. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'll let you go on this, Sam. Could you give us get us up to speed on the injury situation? Uh, we know Armani Rogers missed last week. Benjamin St. Juice missed last week. Cole Holcomb on IR, and then the impending uh, return of Chase Young. I mean, uh, I've taken a, a vow of not predicting whether Chase Young will play uh, because because it's been such a you know back and forth situation. But you know, I mean, it, MetLife has that slit um, turf that, yeah. that you know players have been complaining about this year. The league says it's, it's not a big deal, but uh, you know when when it's rained, uh, Washington has kept Chase Young off the turf inside their practice bubble, preferring to play on uh, natural grass out of practice. So. But at the same time, I think Ron Rivera has said, you know, at some point Chase Young is going to have to play, so, so don't expect um, the, the turf situation to affect him playing. I mean, last week Ron said that he, he felt pretty optimistic uh, that Chase was going to be able to play uh, until he had that illness come down, you know, Friday, Saturday. Um, so, so it seems like this week is as good as any for Chase to return. Um, and then with Benjamin St. Juice, we haven't gotten an update on that ankle injury, um, you know, since they don't have to practice and, and release a report until tomorrow. Uh, go, going back on, on Chase Young and the illness, uh, how much does that impact his status moving forward? Because uh, the casual fan probably thinks, oh, he's just sick. He's still able to do everything else. But was, was he at the facility uh, Friday and over the weekend still continuing to get treatment and rehab on the knee? Because you know this, Sam. I mean, a day missed is a day lost, is, is a huge, could, could potentially represent a huge setback when, when it comes to an injury like this. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, he was there on Friday. We saw him practice, but I don't think um, I don't think that this is a thing that we have a, a firm handle on yet. You know, Ron just said on Sunday he said, "Hey, you know, we, we sent him home. He wasn't at the game uh, because he he was feeling sick." But will that you know be a, a big setback? I don't think we're sure yet. All right, my man. Look, continue to enjoy it. I know it's the job is much more fun for you when you're covering a winning team, and not dealing with the -the off-the-field scandals. I hope you continue to enjoy it, my man. (laughs) I appreciate you having me, (laughs) Linnell. That is Slingin' Sam 48. Make sure you give him a follow on the Bird app, at Sam4TR on Twitter. Commander's beat writer 
for the Washington Post. Always enjoy catching up with Sam. A lot to unpack from that conversation. When we come back, we're going to switch the conversation up here a little bit. Quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I want to take the temperature right now of this commander's fan base. Washington's won six out of their last seven. Taylor Heineke, I've, I've been on record saying, they're winning right now in spite of Taylor Heineke, not because of Taylor Heineke, but nonetheless, they're winning. What's your trust level right now in quarterback Taylor Heineke, and do you trust him to play well enough to keep Carson Wentz on the bench? Your calls, plus I'll tell you what I think next. This is Team 9 Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Big thanks to Sam Forty Eight, Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post, hopping on with us in that last segment. If you missed any of that, you're in luck. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature. Rewind back to the top of the one o'clock hour to catch my conversation with Sam Forty Eight. Covered a lot of things with Sam right there. The big thing I want to talk about right now, though, is quarterback. It's always a hot-button topic in this area, no matter who the backup quarterback is. Obviously, during this stretch of play where Washington's won six out of seven, they've climbed their way back 
into the thick of the NFC playoff picture. If the playoffs ended today, you all know they would be in. But they've done all that despite what they've gotten at the quarterback position. And I, I, I just am of the belief, I just, I just feel like right now, and the numbers back it up, right now I'm of the belief that this football team might not reach its ceiling with Taylor Heineke under center, and here's why. The numbers tell you that, look, he's not doing anything to help the team win. And I know everything that you all want to point to is the mobility and he gets the ball out of his hands on time. He's got a mastery of the system. All that is fine and well. And it's true. It's true. But when you look at the numbers since Taylor Heineke's taken over, it's very clear. Washington has taken a completely different philosophical approach since Taylor's taken over as the starting quarterback. Let's look at some of the numbers here. Washington. When Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback, averaged 42 pass attempts per game. That was the third most in the entire National Football League. Since Taylor Heineke's taken over in weeks 6 through 12, Washington has dropped down from 42 pass attempts to just over 27 pass attempts per game. That's 15 less and it's 26th most in the National Football League. Washington went from throwing the ball the third most in the league to the 26th most in the league. So it's no coincidence, it's no coincidence the efficiency of this offense has improved under Taylor Heineke. But they're also not asking Taylor Heineke to do any of the things that they were asking Carson Wentz to do. And it's not just, it's not just, in that number and metric where where this is true. When you look at quarterback pressure percentage, something that you all want to scream and holler about, all you all have to say is, oh, well, look how many, look how much more mobile Taylor Heineke is than Carson Wentz. Look at how many less sacks he takes uh, than Carson Wentz. Well, the numbers tell me here, quarterback pressure percentage. During weeks one through five, Carson Wentz, 25th. He was pressured 35% of the time. Taylor Heineke has been pressured even more. 38.3% of the time. So for all of you out there singing the narrative of, oh, the offensive line is so much better under Taylor Heineke, that's not true. Taylor Heineke's being pressured more than Carson Wentz. Now where the number is different and where the, the numbers do play in the favor of Taylor Heineke He's been sacked a hell of a lot less, right? He's been sacked a hell of a lot less. Carson Wentz, during his six starts in weeks one through five, was sacked 23 times. Taylor Heineke's only been sacked nine times since he's taken over. That is fine and dandy. But you got to look at the context of that. Look at the pass rushers that Washington was facing during that stretch. He had to go up against the Dallas Cowboys. You went up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who sacked you nine times. Aiden Hutchinson, who if it wasn't for Sauce Gardner, would be the runaway with Defensive Rookie of the Year. He had a career day against you. 
You had to go up against the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker. So don't act as if don't act as if Taylor Heineke's had to go against some murderer's row of defenses. And, and that's why, you know, he hasn't been sacked as much. I mean, it's it's very clear to me. You all out there, and I was like this at one point in time, you all out there have an affinity with the person, Taylor Heineke. You all out there have an affinity with the person, not the quarterback, right? And that's what I'm trying to differentiate. We got to separate our personal feelings for a guy with what he actually is, right? The numbers tell you that offensively, Washington's been a hell of a lot better, right, under Taylor Heineke's leadership. But here's another area that shows you the complete philosophical differences between the offense through the first five weeks of the season and the offense now, right? During weeks one through five, Washington averaged 23 rushes a game. They ran the ball 23 times a game. That was good for 23rd of the entire National Football League. In weeks six through 12, Washington's running the ball 36 times per game. That's second most in the entire National Football League. Do you get where I'm going here with this? They have made sweeping changes on offense to better tailor, no pun intended, the offense to Taylor Heineke. It's simple. It's not rocket science at all. It's very easy when you look at the numbers, and you all get it. Even if you didn't know the exact per carry uh, uh, rush per game numbers, you would understand that clearly they're running the ball with a lot more success right now. Clearly they're running the ball with a lot more regularity right now. Correct? Okay, then. Okay, then. All that has led to this offense finding its identity, And they're not turning the football over as much. But that's the area where I do have serious and legitimate problems with Taylor Heineke. Threw an interception Sunday. Going into the half. A situation where if you were playing a good offensive football team, maybe that ends up as a 10-point swing. Because instead of ending up with three, you end up with nothing. And you now go into the half Tied up, 10 apiece, when you should have had a lead. That ultimately is going to end up being the difference between this team being a playoff team and this team being a team that can compete for a championship. Sam Fortier told me I should pump the brakes. Why? Have you seen the way this defense is playing? Do you see the skill position? Group that this that Washington has to boast? Did you see the stable of running backs that they have? You see the trio and quartet of tight ends that they've got? The personnel is there. You are a quarterback away right now if you're the Washington Commanders from being looked at as one of the upper echelon teams in all of the National Football League. Don't waste this moment, Ron Rivera. Don't waste this moment, Scott Turner. We all know it. Carson Wentz 
raises the ceiling offensively for this football team. And it's not close. It's not. I guarantee you Carson Wentz would have been sacked a hell of a lot less if he was throwing the ball the same amount of times that Taylor Heineke is. I guarantee you Carson Wentz would have been much more efficient in this offense if they were able to run the football at the rate that they were. It's not rocket science, man. The numbers don't lie. And I'm not even talking about the defense. I haven't even gotten to the defensive side of the ball because that also has an impact on how the offense performed while Carson Wentz was in there. They've made wholesale changes on both the offensive and defensive sides of the football since Taylor Heineke's taken over. At some point, at some point, we got to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, does Taylor Heineke truly give this football team the best chance to win? I don't know if that's the case right now. I really don't. Because if you look at the past two weeks at least, only looking at the past two weeks, Taylor Heineke has really struggled. Taylor Heineke in this offense, scoring 19 damn points, isn't going to cut it. It's not. It just simply isn't going to cut it. Going back to Taylor Heineke's first start this season against the Green Bay Packers, he has put the football in harm's way on a regular basis. Luckily for Taylor, a lot of those interceptions have been dropped. I got this metric right here. It's absolutely amazing. It is dropped interceptions by opponent. Washington's third in the NFL in that category. They've got the third most interceptions dropped by an opponent. You don't think that has anything to do with Taylor Heineke? And the turnover-worthy throws? Our good friend Ben Standing of The Athletic wrote a hell of a piece last week talking about the differences in Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Not counting Sunday's game against Atlanta. Going in, Taylor Heineke, 12 turnover-worthy throws. How many interceptions has Taylor Heineke thrown since he's taken over? Four. 12 of those could have been picked off. You see what I'm saying here? I'm trying to break it down and talk real slow for y'all because I just something in me just tells me that no matter what I say or no matter what facts I present to the table here, that y'all aren't going to want to hear this. Y'all are so in love and enamored by Taylor Heineke that you can't get your head out of your ass and realize, yeah, you see how excited we are right now? When is it six out of seven? Imagine if we had a competent NFL quarterback under center. Imagine how much further this team could go. Y'all want to jump down Scott Turner's throat and talk about how horrendous of an offensive coordinator he is. Imagine, imagine trying to call plays for Taylor Heineke. Imagine how limited you are because of what he can't do physically. The beautiful thing about it is we're winning. We're winning. So the conversation continues to get pushed further and further back. I was of the belief, man, after the performance against Minnesota, I would have benched his ass then. 15 to 28, a buck 49, two touchdowns, a pickle, sacked three times. 
What's, what is it with you people? Why can't you all seem to come to grips with the fact that Taylor Heineke is an average to below average NFL quarterback? It would be a shame. It would be a travesty for this football team to not reach its potential because they refuse to make a change at quarterback. It would be organizational malpractice for this team to continue rolling with Taylor Heineke. I don't give a damn what anyone has to say. You find me the statistic that tells you that the team plays harder under Taylor Heineke. They're so much more tough and more ferocious and, and, and fearsome under Taylor Heineke. That's a bunch of baloney. You all don't even believe that. The big difference as to why this team has turned things around and won six out of their last seven doesn't have too much to do with the quarterback position. It's about this commander's defense and what they've been able to do and how much they've helped the offense out. I know it helps when you're able to run the football 37 times per game. That also helps you out as well. I'm just so sick of us making excuses as to why Taylor should be the starter. Because he's winning. Because he's winning. That's it. What is he doing to contribute to winning? That's what Linnell wants to figure out. What's Taylor Heineke doing to contribute to wins? If y'all got the answers, tell me. Phone line's open. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. If you're on the line, stay there. we got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, your calls. Two parts on this question here. When I bring you up, what's your trust level right now in Taylor Heineke? One through ten. And then, do you trust Taylor to play well enough to keep Carson Wentz on the bench? Your call is next. This is the Burgundy and Gold today. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ooh, y'all are hot and ready today, aren't y'all? Man, oh man. Twitter and Instagram, you can tap it with me there as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Youngest in charge, moving Linnell Willingham with you here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy in Gold today. Let's go to Twitter here for a second, because I got some heathens in my mentions right now. This is this is good though. This is the discussion that needs to be had. Because if we don't have this discussion, you all will continue to run around like chickens with your head cut off, thinking that Taylor Heineke. Is some wizard. My man Tazrell tweets at me, bro. This Taylor bashing has got to stop. 
Carson wasn't cutting it, period, point blank. This is beginning to sound more like bleeping and moaning. What has Carson Wentz done in the last two seasons? The difference between Taylor and Carson, 6-1 and one and 1-4. One and four. If that's really how you guys think, then you're not as smart as I thought you were. Because I always come out and say, man, we got, some, we got some of the most astute callers in the country. Damn the DMV in the country. But let's face the facts, right? It is what it is, right? Taylor Heineke, right now, the Washington Commanders are winning in spite of Taylor Heineke, not because of Taylor Heineke. Chaserman, DMV also tweets at me, says, Dude, the 2000 Ravens had a below-average quarterback and still won the Super Bowl because of defense and a running game. Stop hating, bro. Where am I hating at? What about this is hating? All I'm doing is laying out to you the facts. Let's go back and really break it down because I think you all need a refresher and a reminder. Taylor Heineke has started six football games this year. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six starts for Taylor Heineke. During his first start against the Green Bay Packers, do you all not remember he tried to throw us out of the football game in the first half? Do you not remember he had a fumble return for a touchdown call back? Do you not remember he threw a pick six? I'm waiting. Clearly, right? No one's going to answer because I haven't put you on the line yet. But I want you all to really be able to sit back and listen to what I'm saying. The next week, it's the Indianapolis Colts. This offense scored 17 points. And it took a Hail Mary to Terry McLaurin at the end of the contest to get that. But, oh, the numbers were good for Taylor in that game. 23 of 31, 279 yards passing, a touchdown. But guess what else he did? He threw an interception. During his first four starts, Taylor Heineke threw an interception. And it's not like they're just regular interceptions. They're debilitating interceptions. Because let's be honest, if it wasn't for another muffed punt against the Green Bay Packers, we lose to Green Bay. Taylor Heineke tried to single-handedly throw us out of that football game. Defensively, you were going up against Sam Ellinger. I hope you can overcome the quarterback woes. They did that. Then it goes to Sunday, November 6th against the Minnesota Vikings. A 20-17 loss. These numbers are good enough to keep your job? 15-28, 149 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. That interception was back-breaking. It cost you the football game. When's the last time you've seen a quarterback drop back 28 times and could barely crack 100 yards? Because that's what happened against the Minnesota Vikings in a game in which they lost, a game in which defensively you played your ass off and still couldn't reap the benefits. You know why? The Washington Commanders, I will continue to say it. You can say I'm hating. You can call it whatever the hell you want. The Commanders are winning in spite of Taylor Heineke, not because of Taylor Heineke. Point. Blank, period. Then there's Philadelphia, a game in which I thought was his best of the season. The game against the Philadelphia Eagles, Taylor Heineke played his best game of the season, and he is yet he is yet to outperform that. 17 of 29, 211 yards, no touchdowns, threw a pick. Terrible interception, by the way. 
strip sack to start the game. But that's where you saw his intangibles really come to life. That's where you saw his ability to create come to life. That's where you saw him mask some of the deficiencies of this offensive line. I'm not a Taylor Heineke hater. I'm just very, very tired of us anointing him as something that he's not. I'm a fan just like you guys are. I haven't seen the prosperity and the success that some of the older callers have. But I do know one thing. It would be a damn travesty for this team not to reach its ceiling because they're stuck on stupid at the quarterback position. Taylor Heineke is a fine backup, but he's shown you in each and every one of his starts why maybe this isn't the job for him. And I know it's a moot point. Carson Wentz hasn't even been activated to the 53-man roster yet. But, oh, boy, you wait. You just wait. You just wait. We are one poor Taylor Heineke performance away from Carson Wentz getting this job back. I understand the fact that you all feel like Taylor Heineke gets the team to play harder. What metric and what statistic says that? I'm genuinely asking. I really am. What measure tells you that the team is playing harder under Taylor Heineke. That's what you guys do, though. You take something and you run with it. Why can't we talk about how this defense is playing at a championship level? Why can't we do that? Damn Taylor Heineke. Damn Carson Wentz. But that's what you all want to talk about is quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Guess what? It doesn't matter who the hell is under center right now for the Washington Commanders. The way that they're playing defense and the way that they're running the football, you would still have the same results. And you might get better results because guess what? As I look at the box score and the game logs of Taylor Heineke's six starts this year for Washington, he's turned the football over in five of those six games. Do you think that's sustainable? No. The answer to your question is no. At some point, the luck is going to run out. And guess what? Guess what? Me, Logan Paulson, Denton Day, we do Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live on 106.7. We do It's on 980 as well. Sunday, Sunday, the luck almost ran out. And guess what you all would have done? Oh, but the defense gave up a, gave up a, a, a game-winning drive, a game-winning touchdown. But you'll ignore the fact that Taylor Heineke took points off of the board going into halftime after the defense gets a fourth and one stop. You all ignore that. Your evaluation of Taylor Heineke has been skewed ever since he got here. And now, now we can't even enjoy the success because you all are clamoring, clamoring over this guy. Holy smokes. Do I need to say any of that again? Six starts, five interceptions. He's turned the ball over in five out of his six starts. Eventually, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And it happened against Minnesota. The question is, though, and I'll answer this as well because I haven't even answered it. What's your trust level right now in quarterback Taylor Heineke? And do you trust him to play well enough to keep Carson Wentz on the sideline? If you're on the phone line, stay there. I see you. Devon, Jerry, Ben, Mello, I see you. 
We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll run through your calls here. 301-230-0980. You can tweet at me as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What's your trust level right now in quarterback Taylor Heineke? And do you think he plays well enough for the remainder of the season to keep Carson Wentz on the bench? Your calls next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.